and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Maria Roa, and I am delighted to be joined by Poppy Middleton. Poppy is a machine translation specialist at Vistatech. With over eight years of experience in the localization industry, she has acquired great experience in a number of customer service roles, ranging from localization, quality assurance, to project management and machine translation deployment in a multi-language environment. Poppy, you are very welcome. Thank you so much, Maria. Hi. <laughs> Let's move on. I have a number of areas I would like to discuss today with you. Absolutely. I know you have studied the Spanish and language literature and language at Oxford University, but I also know that you have studied Japanese, which is great. <laughs> it's a language that I adore, and that's the next language I, I learned. So you need to give me some tips on that. Okay. <laughs> Where did your passion for languages come from? So I think probably it came really early on. So um, I would visit Spain every single year uh, with my family. So we went to the south to Andalusia every year um, for extended periods. So I suppose I learned really early on the difference that language can make to your understanding of culture and your experience. Uh, so obviously over the years, it kind of became a second home to me. And I just realized the more and more I understood of the language, the more people would open up to you and the more you would understand them. Um, and it just gives me, you know, a new perspective on the world, seeing something from another point of view. So growing up in one country and then experiencing a completely different culture, um, it just makes you look at your own culture, your own behaviors, um, the world just completely differently. And I think, Uh, that's really where it came from um, and then I saw as well that it could bring out different parts of me so it characteristics and areas of yourself that you hadn't really explored or, or been able to in your culture different cultures and languages would bring that out um, and I think you probably understand that when you have a different language you're you have a slightly different personality in that language um, which is really interesting for people to to notice and tell you um, and they're just different facets of of you You know, so I think that's quite exciting um, and it just builds your world. So, so yeah, Japanese was, was a left field choice, <laughs> um, but I was offered it at college and I thought this could be really interesting, completely new world, you know, it's got no root in Latin or anything like this. Uh, so very different. And at this point, I'd forgotten what it was like to learn a language because, of course, English, your, your native language, you don't actually recall learning uh, so much second language I'd learned pretty much for 10 years at this point and then Japanese was totally base level you have to really learn okay I know nothing again let's go from scratch um, and work it all out again but it's so rewarding you know just when you manage to nail those first basic you know levels um, I find it really rewarding so yeah I absolutely love languages for those reasons. I think it's really funny that you say these about being like you have a completely different personality when you learn a new language because language is not only words it's also part of the culture it is, yeah. I, I just came back from Brussels and I had to speak English and French there obviously uh, mm -hmm. I speak both languages and my friends who do not speak any of those languages were like Maria you sound completely a different person with <laughs> those languages it's like You don't even sound yourself. It's like your voice tone even changes. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you don't sound the same in French. You don't sound the same in English. I mean, like, are you a different person? And I'm like, you know, um, somehow there is still part of Maria, obviously, but yeah, you, you're right. You're, you're kind of a different person because Absolutely. like part of that culture gets into you. And that's beautiful, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's amazing. And when you, even when I've gone back to my culture, I can't, I, you don't notice now, which they just overlap with the, all of your personalities. So I go back and I act in the same way I would in Spain, for example. And people notice, you know, it's not quite an English person anymore. <laughs> She's got a different style of doing things. Uh, and the more languages, the more places you live, the more you, you build on that. And I just think it makes for such rich um, experience and personality. It does. I love that. Well, and, uh, well, that's language. But what attracts you to the fast-paced world of localization? Because when I did enter into localization, I didn't even know this world existed. How, how did you? How were you attracted to it? So I think from studying languages at university, it was, um, you know, I wanted to work in languages if possible. I wasn't really aware, aware this world existed either. Certainly my first com company, um, even being uh, a big company, I wasn't really aware that it, you know, existed at the age of 21 or whatever. Um, but it is an enormous world and so, you know, broad. It touches every single area of life and all subject matters. Um, so I was attracted to it mainly because of the language area. And then I worked in uh, project management. So my first role was in project management. And I suppose the combination of understanding languages, really loving them and being quite an, an organized person or having learned organized, you know, organization through my studies, um, it fit really well for me for, for what I could see from the job description. From there, a whole world opened up that I didn't realize existed and uh, possibilities for me and things that I learned um, that I couldn't have known about just from reading the job description. So I think I got a little bit you know, lucky in that. Um, but, but yeah, I think localization is, is so interesting and I found it more and more interesting because uh, I've worked with so many different people from all over the world, just, just from working in this one, um, you know, I worked in one company for four years. Um, and you work with all different departments, of course, um, and then all over the world with people who have vast ranges of experience, uh, vast language um, skills. Um, and I think that that's really what kept me loving localization because it just brought you closer to everybody else. Um, and that's what localization is about, isn't it? So it's about adapting into cultures, into languages, into um, uh, other people's lifestyles rather than blanketing the world with a single one language or one perspective you know so I think it's so interesting for that for that reason um, and it's always moving and always changing because it's just like it just mirrors the world um, and again we engage into learning again from more people more cultures more languages yes, so. exactly yeah it's it's endless I mean there's no limit to where you can go in localization absolutely isn't it's just a sprawling web um and it's wonderful yeah it's changed a lot even in the short time I, well you know relatively short time I've been in localization so yeah that's great so you you started your career as a project manager yes. went into machine translation which for me sounds crazy you need <laughs> more about that please <laughs> Now you're a machine specialist uh, here at Bistatech, yes. and you're based in Tarragona. So I guess those travels to the south of Spain 
your little heart because you did move to Spain. Tell yeah. us a little bit, please, more about your role here at Bistatech. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I understand some of your responsibilities include machine translation solutions, advice mm -hmm. and strategy, as well as uh, MT feasibility analysis and engine, customiz engine customization. Yes, that's it. So my role is incorporates a few different areas. Um, the two main sides of it are uh, one side is production focused um, and the other is research focused, so development side. So um, client salespeople will approach us, the MT team, with varying degrees of understanding and experience with machine translation. Uh, and the goal for us is not just to sell a product or a service, but actually to educate. Um, and of course, these clients are across really varied uh, contents and, and industries. Um, so you're speaking to a lot of different people uh, all the time. Um, and each use case is a little bit different for that reason. Uh, it's all very adapted to the client, but what we'll try to do is have like a pilot experience with them, try to see what exactly their goals are, why they would like to use this service or what, what the purpose of using machine translation would be for them. Um, and then what's possible. So depending on the languages, depending on the content type, some are easier, some are harder than others, uh, depending on the quality they'd like at the end, we'll customize the workflow and sometimes train an engine um, mm -hmm. for them as well. So it really depends on, on each, each client, each project. Um, but that's a lot of the production side of it, as well as troubleshooting, um, yeah, and just monitoring workflow. The other side of my role is research focused. So staying on top of MT trends, um, which is really fascinating and is changing all the time. Um, so it also includes attending seminars, conferences that I'm going to later this year. Um, they're back on again, which is great after the, the pandemic. Um, and, and yeah, just generally designing resources and, and updating processes. So for example, uh, processes or trainings that we had a year ago two years ago they might not make sense anymore we might they might be redundant but there might be new needs so if we see clients always asking us to define what does this term mean I don't really understand we'll create resources to explain that to the client so it's it's changing all the time and a lot of it is self-motivated you know that's um, great yeah. basically everything is super customized uh mm -hmm. to the client you know it's kind of like a boutique you, you're creating things uh up for each person i mean it's not something that you just do for like 10 clients but everything is personalized right yes yeah it's absolutely personalized um you know it depends what data the client has so when i say data i mean what um usually translation memories Mm -hmm. um, what they've already had translated if they have key terms that they really don't want to get wrong obviously in some client in, in some um, public facing situations you really can't get terms wrong you know it has to be the client's name exactly as it is the engine can't be getting that wrong so there's certain terms that they need to be uh, the high visibility they need to be correct so uh, we can implement that in a glossary train an engine just for them so that all the content is customized towards uh, their specific terms, um, which improves the quality. Then of course, building on the engine training, you can add varying levels of uh, editing. So human linguistic editing. So still using uh, human linguistic um, processes in, in almost all machine translation um, to improve the quality. So again, it depends on what the audience is. If it's 
if it's advertising you can't be getting <laughs> you can't have a banner you know with uh, some kind of questionable output from an engine on there you need to have it top quality you know human linguistic quality so all of these things are are areas that we go through and pilot um, to make sure we get it right but yeah it's really a tailored service I did work for artificial intelligence and we did build um well robots at the end but in yeah. order to train those robots we did need it humans you know we did needed people to train them and that's yeah. something that people do not understand i mean behind those artificial technology machine translation whatever solutions you need people walking on yeah. Uh, still do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We do need those people for sure. Yeah. So, how how was that transition uh, from specializing in machine translation from your mm. previous role as, as a project manager? I mean, like, how how did you decide it to change? Because this looks more like um like a technical uh, ground, and you as you said, it is really interesting because it's changing all the time, and that moves you to learning, which you did say before that it was something that it really interests you. But how was it? How how do you decide into that transition? So uh, working in in London as project manager, I this was in about two thousand eighteen. Uh, we began using machine translation, and. I was uh, asked to be on a team pioneering machine translation in the project management sphere. So basically what this meant was from scratch, going from zero to a goal of 90% by the end of the year of using oh. machine translation. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was quite a, um, quite a goal to have, a bit challenging, but quite motivating as well because there were really clear parameters and we really wanted to get everyone on board. Um, and at that point, having worked there a year, I already had good relationships with the linguists who were freelance, good with you know sales, other project managers, of course, um, which helped because when you're, as, as you said, you're still using human linguists. You can't just trans, you know, uh, transfer straight to machine translation without any linguistic help. Um, we're still using it and we're now in 2022. Um, so certainly at the start, it, it involved a lot of, working with linguists, trying to convince them this would be helpful for them. Uh, it will be a tool for them. And I actually really enjoyed that. Uh, another part of it was training other project managers on the technology. Mm -hmm. And I think really because I wasn't a very tech person <laughs> my whole life. In fact, uh, a lot of people will uh, confirm that. Um, but I think really what I always found about technology was because I felt that I was maybe already on the back foot maybe I already didn't understand it and maybe the training didn't feel like it was quite comprehensive enough for people who weren't tech oriented you know mm -hmm. and I do think a lot of people find this um, from speaking to other project managers and linguists as well is as sometimes tech jargon is quite difficult to penetrate if you're not a tech minded person um, and so actually what I really enjoyed was being one of the first I, I, I understood the technology very quickly and I was taught it quickly. And then I could explain it to other people in terms that I would actually have appreciated learning technology in, you know, so kind of really, really broken down. Let's take away all the complex tech jargon uh, for now, just to explain it in concrete terms, answer questions. So I ran a lot of trainings and uh, it was really enjoyable for that reason. Um, so it felt like a bit of a bridge between the two worlds of tech and and basically everybody else in production. Um, so it was a bit, it can be a bit daunting, but I, I've, I've found that 
if you come at it from that point of view, a lot of people will work with you on it. You know, there's less of a, a barrier against it when, when you explain it to them in their, in their terms. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been really interesting working with these two worlds. It's not something I ever expected to be in, but um, it just was really motivating because it was the new uh, tech. It was the new um, development in the industry. It's absolutely enormous. You know, it's transformed uh, the, the language industry and to be at the forefront of that uh, and leading it was just so motivating for me. Um, so yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, and as you say, the machine translation uh, solutions can uh, significantly improve project turnarounds and that's mm -hmm. super motivating. Mm -hmm. and it's not only turnarounds, it's turnarounds, it's times, it reduces cost, uh, it enables automatic translations. Uh, well, Visatech has been pioneering intelligent automatic mm -hmm. translation solutions for many years. Why do you think this is so important to our customers? So I think the fact that we have a dedicated team in Vistatech who are really just focused on machine translation, it's not just technology, it's machine translation. Um, and then now they've built up years of experience, like I said, with a wealth of major clients and, and different uh, content types trying to be as agile as possible to adapt to lots of different clients that that creates a lot of experience and a lot of um, understanding and knowledge uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think our clients really appreciate that we can advise them better because we already have that for years you know um, we also have engines we've already trained you know that that we can test with which also really helps so we're never going straight from scratch um, and I do think the fact that we're we're trying to educate clients as well, like I said, is because it's the same with clients. I mean, we think that everybody understands the technology just because they've heard of it. Of course, they wouldn't if they don't work in that world. So it's it's breaking it all down, putting it in terms that aren't uh, intimidating. And I do think they appreciate that um, as well. And it's what keeps them coming back. Um, so we've found mainly that it's cost savings rather than time savings. Um, we're quite focused on giving our linguists enough time to make sure they can do a thorough linguistic edit, post-edit. Yes. Uh, so we don't want to cut them off at any at any point. Very uh, important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because ultimately then we're not delivering on what we say we're delivering on and yeah. then we, nobody's happy. So really it's the, the cost savings that we see um, the benefit to. And of course, with, with everything moving so quickly now in the world, uh, it needs to be available quicker and it is a little bit of a time saving but um, I think clients are really appreciating that they can do the same um, they can create the same product now but at a much lower cost so they can actually do more with their with their money um, and they can uh, instead of localizing into five languages because of the cost savings they can localize into 10 and that allows them to get into more markets mm -hmm. you know and you know and that's what it's all about really in the world um, just increasingly global so it's it's absolutely it's it's been phenomenal for the industry I mean um, we can see that clients are coming to us every single day you know with new requests I'm not really sure what machine translation is but I think it might help us and then from there we just <laughs> We take their hand and we and we go through it. Um, yeah, we guide them through yeah. the machine translation way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Through the path, through the right path. <laughs> so 
So, uh, well, we're coming to the end almost, and I would like to ask you, how do you see the MT change in the industry landscape in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, so I think really, I mean, you can see, you can see the changes already that are happening um, with the use of machine translation, even day-to-day -day lives, we probably don't realize how much we're using it already, but it's, it's in every, every device we have. Um, however, concerned you are about the use of machine translation we are using it all the time um, and I think in the next five to ten years I can see uh, this point of customization becoming increasingly important um, and that'll be possible with big shifts in the models that we use so uh, we had a shift from statistical to neural machine translation engines about four three four years ago and this was a huge shift in quality and what that meant was you know, I mean, you can see it with major providers with their free translation. You can see the shift was enormous. It went from a word to word, very basic translation to sentence level comprehension, uh, context, understanding, things like this. And so when we get another shift, uh, I think the quality is going to take another leap. I don't know when that will be, hopefully in the next five, 10 years. Um, so I'm looking at uh, document level context, which will be more like human, getting close to that human intelligence context understanding, right? Which uh, when we read a document, we understand uh, what the audience is. The engine at the moment still can only go at a sentence level understanding. So when we get close to that document level, you're going to see another big shift. Um, I also think probably merging machine translation with other areas of AI. So um, AI as an umbrella term and then machine translation is just one of those points. I think we can see now with speech to text um, advancements in subtitling. I think we're going to have a more dynamic approach. So rather than just text to text machine translation, it's going to become very popular and, um, and we're going to have high quality subtitling high quality speech to text, which is more uh, specialized in dialects, uh, recognition of different dialects, smaller language bases. The main providers are working on increasing the languages that we have, lesser known, lesser resourced languages um, and creating models which can pick up on those dialects, which I think is gonna be really interesting um, as we go forward. So I imagine it's gonna be more towards that um, as opposed to just this, we've got one word doc, one word doc, output I think it's going to be much more dynamic um, in the future yeah. well that's uh, really great um, <laughs> is there anything else <laughs> uh, with our audience today Poppy all I would all I'd really want to say is that um, uh, coming from my point of view somebody who was never working in tech who never studied tech I think it's really important not to be intimidated by areas that you, ha you haven't studied or that you can't see people like yourself in um, I was really grateful to be given the opportunity to work in a team um, where I had no background, but I was welcomed in for the, for the abilities or the skills that I already had. I love training people. My team didn't, weren't, weren't as much on that side of things. So you always have something to give. Um, and as you can see in the world, really, I mean, it's going to be coming together of different skills that are kind of left field to create more interesting teams, more interesting objectives in, in, in uh, the future, I think. So just to, as a point, just not to be too intimidated by, by that, because really it's you and your uniqueness that might add something which the team has never seen before, which might take it in a new direction. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to add.
Well, thank you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Maria. So that's the end of today's show with Poppy Middleton. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or to listen to the next Visa Talks show, where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world. <laughs>